Top of the morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Waterstone Media Podcast. Um, as always, I have the true pleasure of being joined by Taylor Crook. Hi, folks. Taylor, how are you doing today? Not bad. How are you? <clears throat> I am doing well. I was just telling Taylor before we got uh, on the call today that I have finally completed the edit of this most recent book and I'm very excited to get all those changes entered and send them off to my editor. So it has been a fantastic Thursday. That's awesome. I did my first or one of my early edits of Infernal Shadow on pen and paper like that. And the transcription part of it drove me up the wall. So from then on, all my edits were just in the document. I just, I, I don't just felt like, why am I doing this extra work? I will 100% agree with you that the transcribing it back into the document is really obnoxious. But did you find that you caught more errors and different types of errors than you did while on a computer screen? So what I ended up doing was reading off of the document and following along on the computer and then making the changes on the computer as I sort of found them in the document. Because yes... Uh... And then the third thing I did was turn it into a PDF and read it on my Kindle. And I found that on my Kindle, I was, I was catching things that I missed on the paper. So I, I do think that changing the thing that you're reading mm -hmm. it on is helpful. But <laughs> I, I love that we've been working together for years and we just learned this about each other. <laughs> because that idea of reading it and having it open on the screen beside you are that's brilliant. Yeah, I liked it. Why didn't you tell me that two days ago? Because you would have saved me hours of time. I'm sorry. I didn't think about it, honestly, until just now. Because I haven't done it since, to be honest with you. I've just, I've migrated to, because I also don't, like, I I don't own a printer, because I guess it's the generation of time that we live in right now, so I don't tend to print things. So my wife, who works for the city, was printing this 380-page document. <laughs> at her work when people weren't around, but she doesn't work in that section anymore. So she's uh, rarely alone there. So I think it would be a little more notice now if I tried to get her to print something off. So I'm not sure if that's as much of an option without having to go out and buy a printer, which is the one piece of technology that I find without fail were, is the worst in my house, no matter what. It doesn't matter what printer I get. It's the one that works the least. I hate it. I'm anti-printer. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Crook. Taking a bold stand, as always, on the Waterstone Media Podcast. <laughs> That's right. The printer lobby is going to come after you. I was just going to say, yeah. There's going to be a pro-printer movement that is going to come after me. <laughs> um, so today we were debating a couple of ideas about things that we wanted to talk about. And what we ended up going with was talking a little bit about our reading habits and how they have changed over the years. Because I know, for me at least, my reading has actually changed pretty dramatically, quite frequently over the years. And I'm really curious, this is not actually a conversation I've had with Taylor, so this is all going to be news to me as well. So let's start off with uh, the simple questions. Taylor, tell us about your current reading routine, 
when do you read? Where do you read? What do you read on? Uh, give us all the juicy details. So it's funny because I very recently just made the decision that I wanted to to be reading more than I that I had that I wanted to sort of make time to read because you know for the last decade or so probably I read on my Kindle before bed or uh, I'll read in in the bath. I like to take a evening bath with lavender Epsom salts. It is my not so guilty pleasure. Uh, and I'll read, I will read in the bath, which is, uh, you know, it's fairly normal, I guess, for people to do, but that's, that, but that's about it. Uh, and I also, because I, without fail, I go to bed after my wife, no matter what. The Kindle's great because I can read the Kindle in bed. It doesn't even, she doesn't even notice because the screen's backlit. Mm-hmm. But if I'm reading a physical book, then I, I have to read somewhere else and get sleepy and then go to bed, which is fine. But the, I really do enjoy reading my Kindle, getting tired, turning it off, and then I fall asleep. That's, that's, that works. So that's where we're 90% of it is. But um, after our sci-fi top five podcast, I decided I wanted to read Ender's Game again, which I have as a physical book. So I was just making a point of, of re- like, I'm going to just read on the couch. I'm gonna, and it's and it's nice during the middle of the day, just, you know, turn everything off, maybe listen to some music and just, and read for a bit. So I've been doing that lately and I've gotten back into, or not back into, but I'm also rereading The uh, the Gap Cycle by Donaldson. Um, so I'm partway mm. through that as well, which, and same thing, I've got those in the hardcover, so I'm reading on the couch or whatever. But then when I go to bed, I still read my Kindle. So I'm reading that. I'm, I'm still in my reread of the Nightblade trilogy. <laughs> so... That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> it's like Ryan singing me a lullaby every night before I go to sleep, <laughs> telling me a bedtime story. <laughs> What's weird is that he calls me up and then I have to actually sing him a lullaby while he's reading true. books. I'm, I'm like, Very weird. Something really scary just happened to you. Can you please <laughs> sing me a lullaby? <laughs> um, do you find that you have any preference between paper and digital we'll just go with that one do you feel like there's any preference for you right now i yeah i prefer reading on the kindle beyond convenience i i prefer okay why is that so it might be sacrilegious because i know it doesn't doesn't it's not a book but it's just so conveniently sized and the fact again that is backlit i can do it wherever i've got like we think about vacation. I used to, okay, well, I'm reading these books. So I'm going to pack that, but I might finish this one. So I better put another one in my bag and, oh, that's a hardcover. So maybe I'll, I want to read that next, but I'll skip to the, no, I, I load up my Kindle with 10 books and it doesn't matter how long I'm gone for. I'm good. And then I can just connect to Wi-Fi and buy another book if I need to. It's, it's all right there. So I, I mean, you say beyond convenience, but it's it, it like the convenience is everything. And even just coming down to like, how I hold it and, and the ease with which I can read the book. So don't, I don't get me wrong. I still love sitting in a comf- comfortable chair and cracking open on a hardcover and it's got that smell. And, but that, that in, like the enjoyment of that experience lasts three pages. And then I'm like, well, how do I sit with this hardcover? And I want to change my position. So I honestly, I just find the Kindle to be a superior, you know, item to read on. Sacrilege. I know. I don't think it is. I <clears throat> There's certainly a selection bias because I am polling readers who have bought my books. And typically speaking, those are people who have bought ebooks. 
but there's a strong preference for a variety of very good reasons for the Kindle. For some, it's similar to you having a backlit screen so that you can read at night or in dark environments. For others, it's being able to change the size of the text so that they can <clears throat> read more easily uh, if they're struggling with the small letters. And I've definitely heard from a lot of people talking about the form factor of the Kindles, where they're not as heavy, they're smaller, they're easy to carry. Um, so I think those are all exceptionally valid reasons. Yeah, do you, do you have a preference reading with? I do, and it has changed back and forth over the years, and I expect that it will continue to change back and forth. Um, growing up, Obviously, we didn't have Kindles. I'm that old. And so just read a lot of paperback books. I was laughing a little bit when I was thinking of your story about vacation. Because when I would go on our family vacations as a kid, I would remember basically packing one bag full of books to read on the road trips. And one bag of clothes and everything else that I was going to need. And that was just about the right balance for me yeah and <clears throat> as you say like on my kindle right now i think i've got 60 books yep. on my to read list and you know a lot of them are brandon sanderson novels and so that's approximately 12 years of my life of reading so <laughs> um so i do appreciate that and like you i actually do typically bring my kindle to bed because if I end up in a situation where I am awake later than my wife, which is rare, because I like going to bed at the crack of dusk. Crack of dusk. Um, but then I can <laughs> read in bed, too, without disturbing her, which is really nice. But I will say that lately, for many years, I switched to Kindle and was almost Kindle exclusive. But in recent years, I've gone back to physical books. And the reason for me is that I'm reading differently than I used to. I used to be all about the volume. I would try to read as many books as I possibly could in a year. <clears throat> and as my career as an author has developed, I've actually slowed down as a reader. I definitely notice the use of language and details more. And I have found that for me, that it's similar, we were actually talking about this before we got on, that editing in different formats, like having a physical copy, helps you notice different things. And I found that to be true just with my pleasurable reading as well, that I feel like I notice the language more and I catch more when I'm reading a physical copy. And so I do try to read physically as much as I can. Although on things like vacation, I will just pick up my Kindle and go because I'm not going to weigh down my backpack with an enormous book. Yeah. And I mean, it's like anything in, in life. Sometimes you have to choose convenience over what you would prefer. <clears throat> and, you know, if you're it, it, fast food on the road, right? You can, yeah, I would rather not. I was, you know, it's funny. I was about to say, I would rather not go to Harvey's. Do you know what Harvey's is? Have you ever been to a Harvey's? <laughs> I, I, I do not explain to the no. American listeners what a Harvey's what I was gonna is. Say. So Harvey's is a, a very good fa fast food burger chain. 
and uh, they they are up here. It's it, it's the same. You'll see McDonald's, Burger King, Harvey's. It's it's in in the pantheon of the those sort of things. So anyway, it's just funny. I was going to say Harvey's, but I would much rather stop at a really nice steakhouse and sit down and enjoy my meal. But there's also mm -hmm. fun to be had in stopping and getting fast food. My wife and I did a road trip from uh, from <clears throat> Portland uh, down to San Diego over three weeks. And like half the fun was mm -hmm. trying all the American chains. Like, oh, you can do the Sonic. We do the In-N-Out. We do that. So as much as we wanted to sit on a, you know, a nice beachside patio and enjoy a, a, like a meal, it was fun also to do that. So, and I think the same to be said of how you consume anything, any kind of media, right? Would I, would I rather watch TV mm -hmm. and on a you know, big screen? And yes, of course. But if I can also have my iPad <laughs> on the plane and watch an episode of The Office or whatever, then that's good too, right? You just sort of, so that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm it, going back to your comments about reading differently and noticing more things. I, I'm 100% with you. I find myself now, if I read a line or something that I really like, I'll, I'll read over it a couple of times again and just be like, it's like, you kind of just like let it wash over you. You're like, oh yeah, that's good. That's really good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Do you, I mean, I will say this is that also what I read on sometimes depends on the genre of what I'm reading. Hmm. If I'm reading a nonfiction book, you know, if I'm learning some new best practices in business or in advertising, it's almost always digital on Kindle because the highlighting feature is so easy yeah. and it's so easy to export that to whatever note-taking apps you're using. Yep, that's true too. And it's a lot easier than copying things out by hand. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's a good point. Something I hadn't really thought of. Um, yeah, they, but then at the same, well, and this obviously goes without saying, but there's just Kindle will never, if you want to read a graphic novel, there's just not, you know, Kindle will never replace that. But that being said, I was reading a lot of comics a while back on the Marvel mm. Unlimited app and it, and it was, the, the functionality of the app while reading the, a comic book is very good. You, you know, you can do a couple different things. You can have it so it's just the full panel. You can do, I can't remember what they call it, but there's a mode where you click it and it like wipes and dissolves in from panel to panel, but it's like, it's like big for you, which I really enjoyed. It was just a really nice way to do it. So I quite enjoyed, I quite enjoyed that, that way of doing it. Unfortunately, the, the, any other functionality of that app was pretty atrocious in terms of remembering where you are or prompting mm -hmm. you for the next series or just as something as simple as when you've got, you know, you've got this app that has essentially, particularly from the past, you know, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, even, it's got everything, right? It's releasing new stuff still and you can get those as you go. But, and so I'm, I was, I started with Ultimate Spider-Man because I'd never read Ultimate Spider-Man and it obviously informs a lot of what we've done with the MCU and things like that. Uh, and it was, it was great, but I would get to, I'd be reading in series. Like, okay, so I'm reading the series, you know, sequentially. And then I would get to a, a comic and he's, he's referencing things that happened in another Ultimates comic book. So maybe it was Ultimate X-Men or maybe it was the Ultimates or whatever it might be. And at no point in the previous issue, at the end, did it give me the option to jump to the storyline mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. that ultimate, which just seems so basic to me. That just, that seems like a no brainer that you would get to the end of it and it would say, ultimate Spider-Man continues in issue 58, click here, or it can say this storyline or the storyline for the next one will be set up in ultimate X-Men number, blah, blah, blah. Just jump into that. Why wouldn't you do that? 
it just it, it seems silly to me to not take advantage of that, which I'm sorry, speaking of tangents here, but the point of all of this <laughs> is that mm. on something like an iPad, I do believe you if you had the right software, you could be reading a graphic novel and being enjoying it just as much as you would with a physical graphic novel. So it's not like technology is not there for it. It's just the fact that that the thing that makes the Kindle so great in terms of the style of page that it has with the backlight and it doesn't feel like a screen is not conducive to any kind of animation whatsoever. It, it just really isn't. So that, that's sort of the big thing for me on, on the Kindle. Oh, Taylor, I am just going to rock your world today. Oh, good. Have you heard of Comixology? No. It is the Amazon brand comic book shop. And unlike Marvel, oh, I do think they actually maybe have a subscription service to it. But generally speaking, it's simply just buy what you want or subscribe to uh, issues as they come okay, out. Okay, yeah. It has, it has all of the functionality that you like about the Marvel app where you can zoom in on single panels. Mm -hmm. You can kind of go panel by panel or page by page if you want. And just recently, they started integrating it more closely with Kindle software. Obviously, it's not going to work on an e-ink yeah, display. Which is what I've got. But it does work. It does work on Kindle app on iPad. And it is really, really nice. And it actually leads me to the next question. So we've talked a little bit about well, what we're reading on, which is one aspect of reading. But what about the things that you're reading? I know that it was just a year or two ago, it was fairly recently that you started diving more into the Marvel Comics, at least, I don't know if it was a return to Marvel Comics or if it was your first time diving in, but has the type of book that you've been reading changed over the years so yeah so for in terms of the marvel comics I w it was it was it was my first time really diving in i always as a kid i wa i like amazing spider-man the cartoon x-men the cartoon uh and then as i grew mm -hmm. up the movies were there <laughs> yeah video games were a big were a big thing there you know the marvel ultimate alliance games had a lot of the background and trivia in there so a lot of my familiarity with with comic books came from things other than comic books. And that's what made me decide to dive into comic books and see uh, what, what what was going on. And, and I'll be honest, having read them, I would say my preferred way to consume the Marvel Universe, particularly right now, is the MCU. I just think they're doing such a good job with it. And it's, you know, the comic book world, it's, there's thousands and you it really is required that you mm -hmm. jump all over the place to get the full picture of the story and it's just frustrating like it's even if you wanted to do something as simple as um as read the uh what was it called anyway there the the the, the one where magneto sends a big tidal wave and it destroys new york um the something wave i blanking i'm the worst at any rate it, you couldn't just read through it within that that series of that you had to know where to join. So they write comic books, assuming that you're reading every single comic book that they're writing. And they just, whatever happens, happens. So for me, as someone that does not consume comic books that way, it's harder to, to dive in casually, I guess I would say. So anyway, that's the answer to that question. Um, I don't know that my reading has changed much. It's, it is a pretty like solid rotation of sci-fi fantasy and then nonfiction sort of um, 
generally speaking, it'd be around sports or basketball, maybe a little bit of MMA, uh, video games, things like that. I do, I do enjoy a good nonfiction read and it could have been you. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if it was you, but when I was writing Infernal Shadow and I was really diving into it and, and I was, I, I want to say it was you that I was corresponding with and, uh, and you had suggested not reading fantasy whilst writing a fantasy novel to just try and keep certainly in the storyboarding, like the beginning sort of phases, just to keep your ideas uh, your own and almost pure in that regard. So there was a chunk of time there where I was really diving into nonfiction, which was fun. Again, a lot of MBA stuff. And, uh, and then, but now I'm back. Now I'm in the reread phase for whatever reason. I'm, I, there's so much new stuff out there and all I want to do is reread at the moment. So you're, <laughs> so that would explain why, uh, in infernal shadow, there's so many stories of people dunking on one another. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it influenced my writing because you're reading so much nonfiction. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. There, there's a merger between. That's what you got to be careful of, man. Yeah, there's a there's a merger between the National Majors Association and the a, the AMA, the whatever Atlantic Majors Association. They merge, so it's <laughs> yeah. And the Toronto Raptors just show up randomly in the story. Oh yeah, of course they do. <laughs> okay, I do you think that your dive into comics is going to continue? Are you going to um, dive into the beautiful, beautiful realm of manga with me? Or do you think that you prefer to stick with the written word? Yeah, I, I really do think I prefer the written word. Uh, the I got very frustrated at the end of my uh, Marvel reading, I, I <laughs> as I tend to do with, with like... I just went off on a, a, a diatribe with my buddy who was, he and I shared the subscription and, uh, oh, shit, I don't know if we're allowed to do that. Uh, I, I just went off on this about, about, about that very thing. Like I was, and it was, I was trying to read, a, a new, I was like, okay, I'll read a newer series and maybe I can keep up. And so it was this, a, the newer X-Men, some of the newer X-Men stuff. And the same thing happened. Like not, not only was it referencing something that I hadn't read before, the, the storyline I was res reading resolved in another comic book. Uh, like, I, it just feels like a cash grab to me because it's like, so uh, I'm, I'm reading this series. I'm like, okay, I'm, this is the series I'm going to read. And then I, and I, for me, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I'm on a subscription service, right? So I've, I paid monthly and I'm reading this app and I can go wherever I want. For me, it's just the inconvenience of not knowing where to go, which I talked about before. But like, if I'm a kid going to, you know, a newsstand in 1940s New York, how do I know which one to buy? And how much can I, can I how can I afford to buy all these? Okay. And just to follow one storyline, I need to, to buy 10 books from eight different series. It just, it was frustrating to me. So I, yes, I would, I would say I prefer the written word. I prefer a contained story. As much as I enjoy comic book art, I do tend to you know, full panels of just the action happening. I, I glaze over them. I get a general idea of what's going on, but then I get back to the reading of things. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's now that being said, there's things that stick out like old man, Logan, I I'll sit and reread old, old man, Logan again sometime. Yes. That is such a great graphic novel that is just, so I, I guess I would say I prefer a graphic novel to maybe comic books. And in terms of manga, I don't know. I was going back and forth. I was, um, I did an exchange to France when I was in grade 10 and one of the mm -hmm. brothers there, had a had the entire Dragon Ball Z 
from Dragon Ball when it started <laughs> all the way to the end of the Boo Saga. Oh wow! He had the entire thing, and but it was oh that's so many. It was it was huge. It was an entire bookshelf, um, and it was in it was in French, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. But it was a pretty good way for me to read in French because obviously it's all the pictures. Plus, I'm familiar with the story already, so I know what's going on generally. At any rate, I, I was thinking about if I was going to do something, maybe I could pick up Dragon Ball Z again and see how I feel about it. Uh, but you and I had talked about this. I think Dragon Ball Z abridged is the best way to consume Dragon Ball content anyway. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know. I would I would be surprised if I did get into the world of manga with you. I'd more I'd be more likely to watch it, honestly, than than to read it. I, I think I think books like you know fantasy, sci-fi, and a little bit of nonfiction. I think that's going to be me at this point. I don't know what else I'm going to get into. What about yourself? Are you noticing big changes? Challenge accepted, Taylor. <laughs> Are you planning big changes? Any ideas? <laughs> so I think the biggest change for me. It's actually a little funny. I think it mirrors your own journey a little bit, but I think that just a couple years. I had a few, mm -hmm. um, it was about 2017, 2018, perhaps. And I'm just guessing I could be completely wrong on this, but I also did the Marvel unlimited subscription. I read a lot of the major storylines. I never really gotten into comics as a kid. And so it was really fun to read everything for the first time and had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed a lot of the art, but the more I got into it, I think like you, I just struggled with the way that comic books, or at least the MCU, we should be specific, was structured and, or not the MCU, Marvel comic books were structured and was running into a lot of the same problems you were having. And I was finding that I just wasn't having... I was not having a lot of fun reading them. I wasn't getting very emotionally involved with them. And I think this is the eternal challenge of comic books too, right? I mean, how many times can you have characters die and come back? And how many times can you have the world in danger? And I mean, all credit to comic book writers, because that's got to be one of the hardest jobs, trying to think of ways to keep comic books new and fresh after, what now, 80 years of... 90 years even, maybe even longer of history that they have. It, you know, we talk sometimes about there not being any new ideas and it has to be really hard with comic books to do that. But I just wasn't having a lot of fun with it. Um, and that was when I discovered the worlds of manga and graphic novels. And that has really sucked me in. Um, I know that I read the um, manga for Battle Angel Alita when the movie came out. Found that to be really, really enjoyable. I bought all of the manga for Roroni Kenshin, which we've talked about. It's one of my was one of my favorite animes as a kid when I was growing up. I've <clears throat> been doing the graphic novel saga. Uh, there's also a really, really beautifully illustrated graphic novel called Monstrous that I've been really falling in love with. And 
I've been finding that I like switching to those graphic formats as a way to switch it up for me. You know, after reading an enormous fantasy novel, it's nice sometimes just to have something light and easy that you can flip through the pages, you can stare at all the pretty artwork. And I really enjoy having both parts uh, being a part of my life. And I'm also really fascinated by how all manga, graphic novel, comic book artists, how they actually tell a story. What dialogue do they use to move the action forward? Because it's this middle ground between books and film where you do get imagery, but you only get these little slices that are always static. And so how do you tell a good story when like nothing can move on the page. And I find it really fascinating and I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fun dive and I am excited to dive even deeper into it. Yeah, that is cool. And you're right. That's a, that's an, it's a, it's a different skill set, right? If you're writing for a comic book versus if you're writing for a graphic novel versus you're writing a novel. Yeah, that's, it's interesting. It's interesting. And you're right. A little, you're mm -hmm. right. It's a little lighter. Like you, well, I mean, when you can go ahead. Well, I was just saying, like, when you're trying to write it, I mean, by and large, you want to stick to as much dialogue as possible. You don't want to fill up your page with background bubbles trying to explain everything that's happening. And so how do you tell a story between using only these pictures and dialogue? And it's a really, it's really cool to see it done well. Well, and I think the, the artist and the author need to work hand in hand so much because it's essentially like... Like it's, mm -hmm. it would be essentially if you and I said, okay, our collaboration, Ryan, you're really good at describing things. Taylor, you're really good at dialogue. So Ryan's going to set up a scene with descriptions. Mm -hmm. Taylor, you're going to write what they say. Like that's, that's a, how much harder would our partnership be if that's what it, but that's what it is because the dialogue <laughs> in the, in is something that the, is the author needs to write. And yeah, you're right. There are scene descriptions, history, whatever. But the reactions of the characters and the, the emotional impact of the words, that's all taken care of by the artist. So if you're not working with an artist that you can, mm -hmm. you know, that you have a partnership like, like ours, where, you know, you kind of know the other person and you anticipate what they do, that must be really difficult. I find it really fascinating. Oftentimes they'll have behind the scenes where they'll share the initial script that the author wrote or maybe some initial sketches and it's really fun seeing how it comes together it is a very impressive collaboration but yeah i i find the art and the stories that are happening today in modern graphic novels just to be absolutely fascinating and i'm a little bit ashamed that it took me this long in my life to get into them yeah that's fair i had i'd sort of I don't know, early 2010s, I'd, I'd been jumping in a little bit more. I had a buddy that was recommending stuff and, and giving it to me, some, some X-Men storylines and things like that in graphic novel. And I, I really did enjoy them myself. And then, and I thought that I'd get more into it. And then I just, it just never happened. It just, you know, I, I, I guess, I think part of it was that I had made the switch mm -hmm. to Kindle. I think I got my Kindle, it was probably around 2009, 2010. So I was making that, that switch. So the idea of then going back to physical, 
things again with i was like I, I'm, I'm reading this kindle so i, I don't know but uh yeah it, it is it is a cool thing maybe i should maybe i should check that out too just it, it, it's never a bad thing to broaden what your media consumption is when you're when you have a creative output right I actually really strongly agree with that. I think, I think that there's a danger of becoming a fantasy writer that only reads other fantasy. Mm -hmm. I feel like you, you, you run a risk of getting a little stuck. And I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy is there's so many different types of media out there right now from video games that have incredible ideas. I really like a good thriller. Mm -hmm. I, Love reading like the Jack Reacher series or Jack Higgins or yeah, um, they're always fun. Jack and the Beanstalk, um, so. and so <laughs> go for some good old fashioned fairy tales. Jack you know? be nimble. There's just there's so many, <laughs> just so many Jacks. <laughs> I just got your joke, and that was way too long. <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, our reading has changed. Uh, Taylor, any final thoughts about reading and how it's changed? And I don't know if it's had any noticeable difference in your life as your reading has changed over the years? No, but the one thing I will say is uh, when I started my author journey, I was uh, fortunate enough to have a friend of a friend who is in the traditional publishing market, not specifically for fantasy, but she was kind enough to have a, a phone call with me and we, we talked about a lot of things and one of the things she said is make sure like like if you're going to write in a genre then you better be familiar with that genre you better that better be something you've written like you just if you've heard romance authors make a lot of money so you're like yeah i'll just write a romance book that's <laughs> going to be a tough thing to do and uh she said so you know like and she kind of posited the question it was rhetorical i think but she, you know she said so you know you got to think how much fantasy have you consumed if you're going to read fantasy? And I just, I laughed out loud. I said, well, 36 years of it. How about that? Which is, I was not reading fantasy when I was <laughs> zero. So at least, you know, 25 years of it. Right. So it's, and I think it, it does, there, there's something to be said for that. And my brain has been saturated with so much fantasy over the years that the idea of where a fantasy story should go or how it should be put together, it, it becomes almost instinctual. So I will, I will credit that for whatever sort of, base line I started with when I, when I began this writing thing. So, so we should not talk about this today because we would go on for another half hour, but I think there's a really interesting question and it's an active debate in the fantasy community about whether or not there are maybe like required readings mm -hmm. or books that most people should have read. Um, like what, what constitutes a sufficient background in fantasy is maybe mm. the question. And I don't want to tackle that today because we'll be here for another hour. No. But that's, I think it's a really interesting that's, question. Yeah, that's a good about. setup for maybe next week's pod. Who knows? But yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That's <laughs> maybe next week. We'll see. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Well, sir, uh, it has been, as always, a pleasure to chat with you. For everybody listening, uh, as usual, transcripts will be available, show notes, all the usual business. Uh, Taylor, you have yourself a wonderful rest of the day and a wonderful weekend, sir. Sounds good. Talk to you soon.